Hey, spooky listeners, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Luna's podcast, and I am your host, psychic medium, paranormal investigator, Luna. So sit back, grab your blanket, and let's get strange and unusual. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode eight. I believe it's episode eight. Yes, I always say that whenever I start this because I always forget how many I've done so far. Wow, eight episodes. Thank you so much for being here with me, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Just really quickly before we jump into the um, into the episode, I'm going to do a little commercial for myself. I currently have a Patreon. That's right, a Patreon. That was supposed to be a horn noise, but it was really awful, so sorry. Um, Yeah, so I am currently starting a paranormal series on YouTube, and it's going to be amazing. If you guys want to know what this paranormal series is, head on over to my Patreon and head on over to my YouTube. Everything is in my bio, um, on my Instagram, on my TikTok, on my YouTube, everywhere. So if you want to find me, go to lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com. Any of the proceeds that you guys um, get for signing up with my Patreon will go strictly to traveling the country for this new paranormal series. And you don't want to miss it. Trust me trust me. And it's so exciting. And some of you will have a chance to actually investigate with me. I do have an investigation coming up fairly soon. I believe it's going to take me to Indiana. Guys, when I'm telling you this investigation is insane, it's insane. And no, it's nowhere famous. It is crazy. Okay, let's get into the episode. I want to dedicate this episode to my brother, Josh, um, paranormal underscore investigators on TikTok, and uh, another one of my really good friends, Mikhail Morningstar. Thank you so much for the idea today. Haunted dolls. Yes, the elusive haunted dolls or doll. So we're going to go into the history of them. Um, I really don't have too much experience with haunted dolls. Um, I've come across them, um, I believe, to have had one at one point. I don't know. Do I believe in them? Sure. I feel like it's kind of like an egregore or an egregore, however you say it. I know you guys have heard me say this before in past episodes, but if you put enough energy into something and enough people do, it becomes a reality. Now, I'm now I'm not saying that these dolls aren't really haunted because, like, I mean, I'm sure they are. There's movies about them, right? So it must mean it's true. I don't know. So let's go into the history of dolls. Um, so the concept of the malevolent dolls gained attention in the 20th century uh, when film and entertainment technology uh, was able to realistically portray uh, safely inanimate dolls as dangerously animate. So see what I'm saying about like, you know, movies and stuff. Um, Let's see the devil doll, the living doll on the twilight series, the TV show there's been on uh, the clown from the poltergeist, Chucky from child's play, the film franchise. Um, And then the homicidal dolls, such as dolly dearest demonic toys, blood dolls. Uh, most recently, a character based on the doll named Annabelle by the owners of Ed and Lorraine Warren um, has been featured in the Conjuring series. Uh, the most popularity of films and entertainment about haunted dolls has resulted in the, sa- in the sale of dolls claimed to be a haunt claimed to be haunted on Etsy, Amazon and eBay and many other sites. According to Catherine Carlson of the New Yorker, sales listings are often accompanied by claims of paranormal phenomena associated with the doll. Uh, Carlson also wrote that such dolls bring uh, with them a certain fascination that a regular doll does not. Uh, 
since a haunted doll requires proof or at least enough of a backstory um, that a prospective buyer can embrace the possibility of the supernatural. Um, according, according to the folklore professor Libby Tucker, ghost tours, ads, and haunted hotels and other monetary transactions build on pre-existing beliefs and narratives. The fact that people buy and sell ghostly materials takes nothing away from these materials. Value for the folklore researcher, which is considerable. Um, some of the noted haunted dolls are Robert, Annabelle, Lita the doll, Iki, uh, Okiku, I don't know if I'm saying that right, oh, for the love of God, Mandy, and Paolo Ubin Barbie. There's some of the famous ones. So we're going to go into a little bit more of an in-depth history on the dolls here. Um, I found this on the smithsonianmagazine.com and it's called The History of Creepy Dolls. So if you guys want to look into it, I just want to say thank you for giving me, um, you know, all the research I need for today. So Pollock's Toys Museum is one of London's loveliest small museums, a creaking um, of wood floors, low ceilings, threadbare carpets and steep winding stairs housed by two connected townhouses. It's a small room that houses a large haphazard collection of unique and vintage toys, tin cars, trains, board games from the twenties, uh, figures of animals and people in, um, in wood, plastic lead paint chipped and faintly dangerous looking rocking horses, stuffed teddy bears from the early 20th century. And even, um, purportedly a 4,000 old mouse, fashioned from Nile clay. Huh. Okay. And dolls, dolls with sleepy eyes, with staring glass eyes, dolls with porcelain faces, with true to life painted rag doll faces, with mop of real hair on top of their head, with no hair at all. 150 year old Victorian dolls, rare dolls, and wax faces, dolls with cheery um, counter ounces, dolls with stern expressions, sweet dolls, and vaguely sinister dolls, skinny Dutch wooden dolls from the end of the 19th century, dolls in traditional Japanese or Chinese dress. One glassed off nook of a room is crammed with porcelain dolls in 19th century clothing, sitting in vintage model carriages and propped up in wrought iron bedsteads. Bedsteads, bedsteads, bedsteads. Yeah, as if uh, a miniaturized, overcrowded Victorian orphanage. Some visitors to the museum, however, can't manage the doll room, which is the last room before the museum's exit. Instead, they trek all the way back to the museum's entrance rather than go through it. It just freaks them out, says a customer, Ken, uh, who was who uh, has worked at the museum for more than seven years. He says it's usually adults, not children, who can't handle the dolls, and it happens more often during the winter than than uh and when the sun goes down early in the rooms and are a bit darker it's like you'd think they've gone through a haunted house but not a great way to end their visit to the pollock's toy museum um because anything else that would have seen that um oh shoot I scrolled too far anything that would have um been charming and wonderful is now totally gone the fear of dolls um have a proper name uh Pediophobia, uh, class classified under the broader fear of humanoid figures or anatomophobia. Oh my god, <laughs> sounds like I'm sneezing. Um, a fear of puppets is also another one. That's uh, Oh my lord, I can't pronounce these. I know y'all are laughing so hard with me right now, but most of the people made um. Un uncomfortable by the doll room at the Pollock's Toy Museum. 
Uh, probably don't suffer from pediophobia. I hope I'm saying that right. Pediophobia? Pe- yeah, I don't know. So, uh, so much as an easy laugh off, often uh, cutlery reinforced uneasy. Um, culturally, not cutlery, culturally. It's Friday forgive me. I think people just dismiss them. Oh, I'm scared of dolls. Almost humorously. I can't look at those. I hate them. Laughingly, jokingly. Most people come down laughing and saying, I hate the last room. That was terrible. Hoyt says dolls. Um, and it must be said, not all dolls don't really frighten people as much as they creep them out. Um, and that is a different emotional state altogether. I would agree with that. Um, you know, I think it's the eyes. I really do. I think it's just the eyes, just the beady eyes, just stirring in one spot. Cause you, it's like, you almost expect them to move. And I think that's what makes them creepy or the fact that they look like real people. Let's see. Dolls have been a part of human play for over thousands of years. In 2004, a 4,000 year old stone doll was unearthed uh, in an archeological dig in the Mediterranean Island of, um, Panter, Pan, Teleria. The British Museum has several examples of ancient Egypt ragdolls made of uh, Paris stuffed linen over a millennia over millennia. Uh, toy dolls crossed uh, continents and social strata. Uh, strata, 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 strata. Oh my gosh, I'm doing great today, guys. Were made from sticks and rags, porcelain and vinyl, and have uh, been found in the hands of children everywhere. And by virtue of the fact that dolls and people in miniature, unanimated by their own emotions, it's easy for society to project whatever it wanted to on them. Uh, just as much as they could be made out of anything, they could be made into anything. Which is so true, because I mean, like, really, you can make dolls out of paper. They have paper dolls. Um... Let's see. I think there is quite a tradition of using dolls to reflect cultural values and how we see children or who we wish them to be. Um, let's see. I'm going to go past this part. So this one lady who wrote a book says that by the end of the 19th century, many parents no longer saw their children as unfinished adults, but rather regarded children as a time of innocence and ought to be protected. In turn, dolls' faces took on a more cherubic, angelic look um, dolls also have an instructional function, often reinforcing gender, gender norms and social behavior through the 18th and 19th century. Dressing up dolls gave little girls the opportunity to learn to sew or knit. Uh, the one lady says girls also used to act out social interactions with their dolls, which we all did, right? Not only the classic tea parties, but also more complicated social rituals such as funerals as well. In the early 20th century, right around that time uh, that women were increasingly leaving their homes and entering the workplace, infant dolls became more popular, inducting young girls into a cult of material domesticity. Domesticity. In the second half of the 20th century, Barbie and her married career... Um, options provided girls with alternative aspirations while action figures offered boys a social acceptable way to play with dolls the recent glut of boy craze bizarrely proportioned hyper consumerist girl dolls i think that's like brats or monster high uh says something about both how society sees girls and how they see themselves although um uh, although what is for another, although it's for another discussion. Okay. So dolls without meaning to a lot, but, um, one of the more relatively recent ways we relate to dolls is strange objects of, and this is totally scientific term of creepiness. 
and I'm staring at a picture of like these ladies in the early, it looks like, I don't know, 18th, 19th century, like painting dolls heads. It's so creepy. Research into why we think uh, things are creepy and what potential use that might have is somewhat limited but does not exist. Creepy, in the modern sense of the word, has been around since the middle of the 19th century. Its first appearance in the New York, New York Times was in the, in the 1877 reference to a story about a ghost. In 2013, Frank McAndrew, a psychologist at Knox College in Illinois, um, and Sarah, a graduate student, put out a small paper on their writing hypothesis about what creepiness means. The paper was based on the result of a survey of more than 1,300 people investigating what creeped them out. Collecting dolls was named as one of the creepiest hobbies. Uh, creepiness, McAndrew says, comes down to uncertainty. You're getting mixed messages. If something is unclearly frightening, you scream, you run away. If something is disgusting, you know how to act, how, how to act, he explains. But if something is creepy, it might be dangerous, but you're not sure it is. There's an, um, obli obliviousness. Um, if someone is acting outside of accepted n social norms, standing too close or staring, say we become suspicious of their intentions. But in the absence of real evidence of a threat, we wait and in the meantime call them creepy. Um, the upshot, McAndrew says, is that being in the state of creeped out makes you hyper vigilant. It really forces your attention to help you process any relevant information to help you decide whether there is something to be afraid of or not. I really think creepiness is where we respond to situations where we don't um, don't know or don't have enough information to respond, but have enough to put us on our guard. Human survival over countless generations depended on the avoidance of threats at the same time. Humans thrived in groups. The creeped out response, McAndrew theorized, is shaped by the twin forces of being attuned to potential threats and therefore out of the ordinary behavior and out of being weary of rocking the social boats from the uh, from evolutionary perspective, people who responded with this creeped out response did better in a long run. People who didn't might have ignored dangerous things or they're more likely to jump into the wrong conclusions too quickly and be socially ostracized, he explains. Hey, that's good for us paranormal investigators, right? Dolls inhibit this area of uncertainty, largely because they look human, but we know they are not. Our brains are designed to read our brains are designed to read faces for important information about intentions, emotions, and potential threats. Indeed, we're so primed to see faces and respond to them um, that we see them everywhere. In streaked windows, smears of marmonite toast and banana peels, and the phenomenon under the catch the catch-all term, um paradelia. Uh, Try not to see the faces in this. Oh, okay. However much we know that a doll is likely not a threat, seeing a face that looks human but isn't unsettles our most basic human instincts. We shouldn't be afraid of a little piece of plastic, but it's sending out social signals, um, says McAndrew, uh, nodding to that depending on the doll, these signals could just as easily trigger a positive response such as protectiveness. Uh, they look like people but aren't people, so we don't know how to respond to it, just like we know how to respond when we don't know whether there is danger or not in the world in which we evolve uh, and how we process information. Um, there, there weren't things like dolls. Um, some re researchers also believe that the level of mim mimicry 
of nonverbal cues such as hand movements or body language is a fundamental smooth human interaction. The key is that uh, it has to be the right level of mimicry. Uh, too much or too little, we can get creeped out. Okay, well, you know. Uh, you can't talk about creepy dolls without invoking the uncanny, with the uncanny valley, the unsettling place where, cre uh, where creepy dolls, like the robot cousins and before them, uh, the animatrons reside. The uncanny valley refers to the idea of the human react favorably to humanoid figures until a point in which these figures become too human. At that point, the small difference between the human and inhuman maybe get an awkward gait and inability to use appropriate eye contact or speech patterns become amplified to the point of discomfort, unease, disgust, or terror. The idea originated with Japanese roboticist, um, uh, um, Mashiro, Mashiro, I, Mashiro, um, essay, um, anticipating the challenges robot makers would face. Although the title of the paper, uh, Bukumi Nutani is actually more close translated as Valley of Eeriness, the world uncanny heartbreakers back in the concept uh, that psychiatrics and the Sigmund Freud described in the 1919 paper, The Uncanny. Though the two uh, differed in their interpretation, um, Freud's was unsurprisingly Freudian, and Uncanny recalls our repressed fears and antisocial desires. The basic idea uh, was that the familiar is somehow uh, rendered strange and that it discomforts uh, is rooted in uncertainty. So, I mean, that's kind of true, though, because, like, when you see, like, dolls, like, like the creepy, like, you know, baby dolls or whatever, you're just like, okay, those things are creepy. But then when you see, like, the robots, you know, like the AIs and stuff, I think they're kind of cool. I mean, I don't know, like, do you guys find them kind of creepy? I don't know. Um, so anyway, this just goes into like more and more research, like why we think they're creepy. But if you guys want to know more, you can go to the Smithsonian Magazine um, and read more about it. I'm going to go into the details of some haunted dolls that we know. The first one is the story of Annabelle. Annabelle was a scary doll featured in the Conjuring films, as we all, as we all more recent um, Annabelle's film was actually based on the story of the Warrens. She's one of the most notorious haunted dolls in history, and you can still meet her today. If you've got a spare $169 to drop, do you want to spend four hours with one of the creepiest possessed dolls in America? Us either. $170? Damn, paranormal cells. Um, Annabelle used to belong to the Warrens. They took an item from every paranormal investigation they went to, and as the legend goes, trapped the errant spirit inside of them. Um, Annabelle was supposedly one of the most violent and aggressive spirits ever had to deal with and was known for moving around the house on her own, uh, scratching her owners and talking. Um, once Annabelle was dealt with, she was kept in a locked box in order to protect the Warrens because they couldn't risk her getting out in case, uh, in her case is now supposedly blessed with holy water. That's, I see a picture. That's, I mean, that thing is going to scratch you. It doesn't even have fingers. That's so weird. Uh, the next one is the Patty Reed's doll. Uh, Patty Reed's doll, she had to cope with a lot. Whilst, 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 she, I can't say that word. Uh, she isn't known f uh, to be the haunted. Uh, she's definitely a scary doll for sure. She's quite difficult to look at. And the expression on her face makes you think that she's 
definitely seen a lot. As the story goes, Patty's family, the Donner family, were cannibals. Uh, they ended up getting stuck in a snowstorm and turned to eating the only thing they could, leather, mice, and eventually each other. Patty's doll was witness to the clan eating each other, and although they and the doll ended up back in San Jose, it's fair to say that the poor doll was a witness of a lot of atrocities. It's now on display in Sacramento if you want to witness a bit of creepy American history. That doll is actually very creepy. There's something wrong with his face. Oh, I can't stare at it. I just can't. Oh, my God. Um, Joliet. Juliet. Juliet. Um, in this family... Oh, my God. This picture is so creepy. In this family, creepy dolls are a part of history. Each woman has two children, a girl and a boy, and the boy dies just three days after being born. Um, and this has happened for four generations. Anna, the youngest woman to be cursed by the doll, believes that Joliet, Juliet um, was given to her great-grandmother. Infant screams, cries, and giggles have been heard coming from the doll. Small footsteps have been heard um, in the night. This picture is so creepy. I got to get through this. And for each generation of the family, the infant's voices change. The woman believed that uh, Juliet curses the woman that claims um, her boy that claims the boy as her own dude that doll I can't like I had to scroll so fast guys I don't even know if that story made sense because I was reading it so fast that doll creeps me out like woo, and I know it's just a picture like oh just look up that doll it's like freaky dude it looked like it was like moving um number four devil infant doll um if a doll is known as a devil infant uh, you just know it's going to be creepy, right? This evil doll's tale in New Orleans, home of the voodoo and witchcraft. The area is well known for creepy folklore, and it's little surprise that the story that this this possessed doll takes place here. Uh, Marie Lavu supposedly cursed the bride of a Scotsman back in the 1800s, and the bride died in childbirth. Uh, but the curse wasn't over with. The bride birthed the child of Satan, and the father... Um, brought the child home. Although the baby was looked at after her father until her death, residents feared that the child uh, feared the child greatly. Uh, she, uh, she was said to walk in the shadows and terrify residents in the state. And they they started to buy uh, recreations of the baby in order to keep themselves safe and ward off evil. However, because these dolls were created in the baby's image, they were said to be possessed remnants of these dolls can still be found today. The new dolls are created from them. Beware, though, as these are said to be haunted dolls, the devil infant can still cause mayhem with the eyes moving on their own and the dolls disappearing and reappearing at will. Many people collect uh, paranormal memorabilia and spooky, scary dolls and haunted toys are a horror fan's favorite. Scary stories about dolls and brilliant ways to sell the, ar um, the artifacts. Um, and although we can take a lot of these tales with a rather large grain of salt, with some of the more famous stories, uh, there is always an element of truth buried somewhere in the tale. Would you want to take that chance? So yeah, this doll, the devil infant doll, it literally looks like a baby devil, like all red, but with horns. Like, it's really weird. Um, so yeah, so that, uh, you know, kind of concludes our haunted doll um, like I said, I've never really had personal experiences with haunted dolls. And I know there, I have very many friends that are avid collectors of haunted dolls. And, you know, being a paranormal investigator, I've seen some things, some creepy things. Um, you know, I do know that 
there are ways to make dolls haunted. I know that there are people out there that attach gin. It's 444 while I'm taping this. Um, to attach gin, like genies. If you guys don't know what D-I-J-N-N, look that up. Uh, D-J-I-N-N, sorry. And look that up. They're basically like genies where people will take this energy and force it into an object. And it is now bound to that object. And gin are actually very, very dangerous. And they're not good entities. Uh, they cause mayhem and havoc. So just be very careful if you're going to go on Etsy and stuff like that. You know, sometimes these dolls that people say are haunted could be, you know, forcefully put a spirit like a gin into it. And it's not good news. So just be very careful when you're hunting for dolls. Just know then have respect for them. I mean, I've seen some things with dolls. And I will say that I believe some of them are real. Um, I do believe that there's a lot of hype behind it too. And I do believe that people will sell dolls telling you they're haunted and they're absolutely not. It's just your mind is running crazy with it, you know, and you're starting to think one is. Um, I've dealt with clients before who have had dolls and um, yeah, and I've had to help them with the dolls too. So just be very, very careful. Um, so yeah, this concludes the episode of The Haunted Dolls. I really hope that you guys like this. Again, if you want more creepy, spooky stuff um, until the next episode, please go to lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com. Um, don't forget to hit up my Patreon and as well as my YouTube. And until I see you guys next time, uh, stay strange and unusual. Don't be sad, spooky listener. Head on over to lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com, where you can get your spooky fix of Luna 24-7. And until next time, I hope you guys stay strange and unusual.